Welcome to TRC Talks, a podcast by The Reynolds Company, an authorized distributor for Rockwell Automation. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Brad Freeman, and today's episode is a conversation that Wayne had with Brandon Singh and Joe Belaski on the newest switch in Rockwell's portfolio, the Stratix 5800. Now, this episode does stand on its own, but if you have not yet listened to our networking series released back in 2020, I highly recommend it. Looking ahead to our live webinars, I want to highlight two safety-themed events coming up. The first is on SIP safety over Ethernet IP, and that is on May 12th. The second is on the differences between machine safety and process safety, and that one is on May the 19th. Go ahead and check the show notes for more details on how to access those webinars. Thank you again for listening. Please enjoy this conversation between Wayne, Brandon, and Joe. Welcome back to TRC Talks, the podcast for the Reynolds Company. And today, joining me is Brandon Singh, uh, one of our networking specialists out of a North Texas office. Brandon, welcome back. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And also joining us is Joe Belaski, who's a automation and networking specialist out of our Houston branch. Joe, welcome again. Good morning. Glad to be here as always. So, Brandon, it's been a while since we've had you on, so uh, hopefully you've been doing well. You've uh, helped us out with our networking series last year and what we now call season one of the TRC Talks podcast. So um, hopefully all has been well with you. All has been well, been exciting on the network side, seeing products get released over the last year. That's right. And that's kind of our topic today is there is something new in the switch world from the Stratix family uh, from Rockwell Automation. And that is the Stratix 5800, which is Kind of been a long overdue switch. It's finally getting released here this month. And uh, we wanted to take today to talk a little bit about what that switch is and what makes it different and perhaps, you know, what are some of its use cases. So let's just start with what is the 5800 and kind of how does that fit into the overall Stratix switch portfolio? So in the overall portfolio, the current lineup uh, from the top down starts with the 5410, which is the rack mounted switch. And then just below that is where Rockwell is placing the 5800 as their highest performance managed industrial uh, switch that's DINRO mountable. Uh, and then 5,400, 5,700, uh, 2,500, then 2,000. But me personally, I see it fitting in two places. Uh, one, where they currently have it and advertise it is just below the 5,410. But then I also see it down a little bit further uh, where the 8,800 used to live because it is, in my opinion, the heir apparent to the 8,800, which were recently just uh, discontinued last year in 2020. And I say that because it essentially is the same modular design where we can add on expansion modules to the side of it to expand our port count over the base unit of the switch. Yeah. So what are some of those key capabilities or what makes it a little more unique than say perhaps the 5,700 switch? Uh, So some of the, the, the key capabilities of it are uh, as I said, it is it is module. So you have your base unit, and if you need to add on ports later for expansion purposes, you can just buy an expansion module to add to it. Also, it is an all 
gigabit uh, switch. So the minimum speed on the ports is going to be one gig, uh, no matter what port it is. So that is that is something new. The, that is not something the 5700 offers at the moment, and it's not something that the 8000 or 8300 offered. Uh, that is something you can get on a higher-end 5400, so it's not new to Rockwell as a whole as far as an all-gig switch. But on this platform, with the modular design, that is, that is new, uh, so it is all-gig capability. And some of the higher-end capabilities also the power over Ethernet or PoE capabilities where it is not we can get an all PoE capable switch to where every single port is PoE capable, including the expansion module. So there are some pretty unique capabilities that separate it from the other DINRO mountable switches available, as well as a new uh, Cisco interface. So all of the you know Stratic switches are built upon the Cisco iOS and Cisco technology. This this fifty eight hundred takes and builds upon the latest uh, Cisco iOS backend. When you log in to configure the switch, it is uh, no longer device manager. It functions the exact same way, but the look and feel of it is going to be different. It's a new web GUI interface uh, that Cisco has been using for a little while, but is now being taken. Uh, Rockwell's now transitioning that over to their new switch hardware. So it's still a standard web browser can yes. you know, log into that web UI interface and can configure it. And I, I would assume the 5800 is kind of the, the same as the other switches where you have the add-on profile, CU5000 yep. can Correct. access you, it. You'll still have all of those same features without it. With you know, You're know, you still going to have your add-on profiles. You're still going to be able to add it into your Studio 5000 in the IO tree. Not a problem at all. So all of those features are, you know that we're used to with with Rockwell Stratic products, uh, you're still going to be able to have predefined name logic tags. You're still going to be able to get faceplates uh, for your view designer, both machine edition and site edition, with the entire Premiere integration into you know the factory talk architecture that Rockwell is known for. So you say modular, so that so there's a I guess a, a base unit that has so many ports on it, and then that just means there's an expansion module that you can add to it or how many expansion modules can be added we can add one expansion module to it whereas that is one slight change to this modular design that the 8000 and the 8300 you were able to add up to two the difference here being uh, we're only able to add one now you can either add on an expansion module of eight ports or you can add on an expansion module of 16 ports and we also have and those 16 ports can come in a variety of ways uh, we can have 16-port all-copper. We can have 16-port all-power-over-Ethernet, as I stated earlier. Or we could have uh, 14 copper ports and two SFP slots for fiber. And again, all all of it is going to be gig speed. The copper ports and the SFP, uh, it's all going to be gig speed. So you're not losing any speed by adding on the expansion module, which was something you did lose on the 8000 and 8300. The, the ports did drop down in terms of capability of, of speed on the network. You're not going to lose that here on this newer version with the 5800. You're going to keep all of that gig speed even with the expansion modules. Uh, so you have the option of 8 or 16 port expansion modules. And as far as the base unit, the base unit themselves are 10 port base units. And you can have those as 8 copper ports 
or eight PoE ports uh, with two SFP ports available to it. I see that being you know pretty pretty nice or I guess flexible for your design because maybe your you know where you start out today might only be ten ports, but you know maybe in a, a year or two you need to add more, so you can add that expansion module into this guy or just you know leave a little room next to it for the expansion module perhaps right you can leave a little room for it and then you don't have to worry about running a different fiber or cable speed because you're not losing any of that capability you're going to keep the same speed that you were on your base unit so let's talk a little bit about, i guess the, the the different models um so just you had mentioned the 8000 and the 8300 switches which were the ones that uh, i guess prior and kind of a an obsoleted or discontinued switch now and the 8000 was a layer two and the 8300 was a la- layer three if i recall so is, is that kind of a similar situation here where you got one switch where we just kind of you would choose the the type of firmware set be it layer two or layer three and correct. What are those differences between layer two and three again just as a refresher that is correct whereas in the 8000 series you you could diff- tell the difference between the two was 8000 was your layer two and your 8300 was your layer three uh, here? It's you know just a fifty eight hundred, and the firmware type is what changes between layer two and layer three. The the difference is being uh, your layer three firmware is going to allow a lot of that routing capability throughout the network using different dynamic routing protocols and policy based routing. So that's that's that layer three feature offering to where. You know, if you in your in, in within your plant and your in your control system network, if you need to do some routing from one machine to another, or you know that would be the the layers you would need a layer three capable switch uh, and or routing device which would fall under the layer three. So we have that firmware available, but we also have it is also available with the layer two firmware, which suits most neat you know most use cases. So you, you know, and with your standard layer two, your quality of service, VLANs, you can do rep, the port mirroring, everything you're used to and capable on other Stratix products that are layer two capable 5700s, uh, some 5400s, that feature set is, is going to be there on the layer two firmware. And then what you're used to seeing in your layer three, as far as the routing, and you know, multicast routing and those different offerings that you see on a 5400 that's a layer three or a routing device, that would be the layer three firmware capability. And then there's another option, I guess, when you spec out the switch, and that is between standard and advanced firmware sets. So those, so maybe perhaps explain a little bit what's the difference between those two choices. Your standard firmware set would be exactly what I described, but your advanced firmware set adds in some capability that is going to be new for the Stratix, uh, Stratix uh, line. So one of those being high availability seamless redundancy, or what is called HSR. Easiest way to explain what that is, is think of a rep ring or a switch ring, but a lot faster if you were to detect a fault. So that is something that is new that's being brought to the Stratix line. Availability as far as the switches and the redundancy protocol uh, that's available to keep you know your plant up and running. That is a big one that's being offered in the advanced feature set. Another one that's being offered in the advanced feature set is going to be TrustSec, T-R-U-T-R-U-S-T-S-E-C. It's a security 
uh, functionality that's going to be available on the Layer 3 firmware set. Uh, if you get the advanced package, it's an upgraded uh, security feature uh, for cybersecurity means on the switch to help protect your network and the switch itself. Some other advanced features that are going to be available are also going to be PRP or parallel redundant protocol uh, as far as redundancy, again, along the control network. And back on HSR, so that's that's kind of like a standard, right? So it's, it's not anything that's... Um proprietary to Cisco or to Rockwell Automation, so HSR? No, no it's, it, it is not proprietary to Cisco or Rockwell. It is, it, it's an advanced redundancy uh, feature set that a lot of higher performance, higher end uh, switches that have the speed capability, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, this is an all gig switch. So as long as it has the speed capability, that's a redundant protocol for as I said, think of it as, as a switch ring. So you have all your main switches in a ring so that if, you know, one goes down, the ring runs the opposite way for your redundancy so you don't lose anything within the network. Now, this essentially acts the exact same way, but the only difference is, is it re- the response time. How soon it realizes there's a fault is a lot faster. You're, you're sensing it and being alerted to it a lot quicker. So you under, So you're getting that available you're getting that acknowledgement of a failure somewhere at a faster rate so you can address it faster so even less downtime if there is any and that's one of the biggest things when it comes to this stuff is that response time when it comes to industrial automation systems because we've got that requirement where systems are expecting information to come across at a a predefined interval Uh, we see a little bit less of that in the higher levels of the network but typically we see that controller to io controller to controller and you can only miss so much traffic before you end up going into some sort of a faulted state. And that's one of the main reasons we do a lot of DLR stuff is because of the recovery time of less, you know, typically three milliseconds is the, the highest that we'll ever see. That was one of the, the kind of the main issues with using some of the other other ring te- technologies and stuff is we could end up in the two and three second recovery times. And that would you'd definitely fault out a drive or whatever was connected to the Ethernet on the other end. Yeah, two or three seconds for for your email recovery is no big deal, but plant floor that's a lifetime, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's one of the real main things is the, the difference in in the throughput, the speed, and the, and the amount of packets you can lose. And it, it, you know, it, our con- industrial control systems don't typically get frustrated; they just shut down. Where you know most people would just get frustrated, send the email again, or or you know go get a cup of coffee and try again later. And we can't really do that on the industrial side. So this 5800 switch will be kind of our first entry into the HSR protocol. Yes. Yes, it will be. Good. And you mentioned TrustSec, and it looks like the 5800 is also certified uh, 62443-4-2. So that's a pretty significant claim or pretty significant certification. You want to um, elaborate a little bit on, on, on what makes that important with this switch? Absolutely. Well, before we get too far into it, I just want to explain to those who are listening who don't understand what that is, the IEC 62443 is an international uh, series of standards that have been set globally as far as industrial communication networks for security for the network and the system. The standard is divided into different sections for both technical and process-related aspects of industrial uh, control cybersecurity. The specific uh, certification that this switch was given is the IEC 
62443-4-2, which is a vendor component specification. Sounds like a lot, but essentially what that means is that specific standard determines cybersecurity technical requirements for components that make up industrial automation and control system, the embedded devices, network components, host components, and software applications. So what specifically the switch meets is hardware trust, anchor, and secure boot, runtime defenses, visibility and troubleshooting, modern crypto, and then AAA, which is authentication, authorization, and accounting. Basically means this is a very, very, very secure from a cybersecurity standpoint switch. And it has been certified globally to meet all of these standards. So we were given that certification for this piece of hardware. So if you're a very security conscious mindset and you're very concerned about vulnerabilities in cybersecurity, this is the switch you're looking for to use because it meets all of these standards that says, yes, this is a secure, highly secure, you know, against cybersecurity attacks. Caveat, you have to configure them. This is not, you know, it's not just plug and play and my switch is good to go. You are going to have to configure these things and set it up correctly. But if set up correctly and done correctly, you know, this is a very secure switch to protect your network. It adheres to all the latest standards. Absolutely. And it's not, not just like a standard for U.S. market or the European market. This is a global certification. So this will work anywhere. I think one of the key things to expand on that is there's multiple different sections of that standard. And so part of it is hardware based, part of it is configuration based, part of it is kind of solution based. There's a whole series to that standard on the, on the complete protection of your system. And that goes just that little bit further. So making sure your hardware is capable of doing it is, is kind of step one. And making sure that you actually enable it is step two. And then, you know, doing all of the additional security functions and features across your network and plant network and in all of that architecture is very, very important to that, that whole security protocol is, you know, having a one very, very ruggedized device is great, but if you're going to put something right next to it, that isn't or something like that, you're, you still have additional loopholes and additional ways in and additional weaknesses in your system. So think of it. Yeah, like we're seeing that, that come into things like plant PAX as well, or right? the new plant PAX 5.0, uh, hardware. Right. Correct. Correct. It, it all plays together. Um, and that's why I said that caveat that yes, the switch is capable, but if you're not, you know, installing it and configuring it to do these things, you know, it's not going to provide that security unless it's put in place and then configured correctly. And that's the same thing with plant PAX and, you know, the new P controllers, you know, we've got to go in and actually configure these things correctly so that we are actually utilizing uh, the new technology in it. So what perhaps are some of the use cases, you know, if I'm sitting down trying to figure out what switch I want to choose to use for my application, what, what maybe some of the things that I would um, look for, or why would I consider the 5800? I know you, you've talked a lot about some of the benefits, but, but maybe, you know, kind of what makes me pick one over another, perhaps. So the best use cases really comes down to looking at your network or your planned network or your uh, upgrade or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing you need to take into a fact of, okay, what kinds of speeds am I using within my network? And that, that's a big one because, as I said, this is an all-gig switch. So if your network backbone is not running at a gig, let's say you've got a 100-meg system, you know, then 
the switch might be a little overkill because you're not utilizing the capability of the speed. But if you are, you know, if your backbone is a faster backbone, then, you know, that's, that's, you could utilize what the speed features that offer in the switch. That's one thing to look at. Another one is going, looking at is, as, as we mentioned, the cybersecurity aspect. But if you're in a, let's say you're, you already have, you're in a plant and you have a cybersecurity defense system like a Clarity or any of the other product offerings already in place and you're running multiple firewalls, that security aspect may not be as high on the priority list. It may still be there, but it's not as high. Then we could possibly look at the switch or other offerings. We need to look at your entire network as a whole and kind of look at where, what exactly your actually needs are to, to best utilize the switch. Uh, this switch offers a lot of unique features that some of the other switches don't have. Uh, so if you know you're doing, you're doing an upgrade and I may need some expansion at this particular line in my plan in the future, this might be a switch to look at because you can add on an expansion module without affecting any production at the time. We can just kind of slap it on in there. And as we, as we put it on, you know, it, it figures out what the switch is doing and what kind of configurations it has. So it, it really depends upon where you are within your network. You know, I wouldn't blindly say, yeah, this is, you know, the switch for everyone because it's not going to be the switch for everyone. It has a lot of great benefits. I like to switch a lot, but you have to actually have a, you know, in-depth conversation about what the needs are, where we are within our network about selecting your switch. And that goes back into, you know, having conversations with who's in charge of managing your network, your IT department or your network specialist, and then your, you know, your, your vendor and their technical specialist, just having a conversation before we go and select the switch. Yeah, one last piece I'd put on that is future-proofing as well. You know, so when we're looking at speeds and all of those, you know, if you're planning on going gig versus 100 meg or or you, you think you will in the next few years, you know, that it's important to make sure that you're getting the appropriate hardware. And, and again, compared to some of our other switches, there's a lot of overlap in, in between the, the different platforms that we've got. You know, so this kind of gives you the ability to do some more PoE. You know, it's not the whole purpose of the switch. It's not just PoE, but it gives you the capability of doing it, you know, which could set it, make this one be the, the, the one that's chosen over, a different platform, you know, 57 or 5400 uh, on top of, you know, 5400 because it's gig, you know, you're a little more apples to apples. And so there really just depends on, on that whole solution. So you kind of have to run down through all of those things that Brandon was talking about and say, which ones of these are important, which ones do we need and kind of use that to decide which way you want to go. And then there's also standardization and other things like that on trying to be consistent on parts for spares and things like that. So, it's very important to kind of look at your whole system and not just randomly go, well, I'll take this one today. <laughs> it's a catalog roulette, um, which seems like it happens quite a lot, right? Someone just, the part number gets randomly selected and purchased. So yeah, it, there's a lot, right? A lot into it. Just like you don't buy a PLC just randomly. You, you put a lot of thought into which is the right platform for you. You got to do the same thing on a network side too. And one other thing to keep in mind with the, the newer switch is we still have all of the Rockwell ties with this. So we still have our add-on profile. We still have HMI faceplates and things like that that exist for these new switches. 
and it, you know we're progressive continuously making those better as new firmware comes available and things like that we'll be adding new add-on profiles to make them even more functional but out of the box right now all of that stuff is exists and we'll be able to support all of those so there isn't any real reason to wait on getting one of these versus one of the other switches that's a good point. And we'll put in our show notes. There's, there's a lot of resources that are available already for the 5800, such as the manual and product profiles and downloads like the like the um, faceplates. So we'll 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 put links to all those in our show notes. And there, there's one other piece that I find very interesting about the 5800, and it's got to do with this new interface that, that they're using. And I know Brandon would probably know more about this than I do, but it's there's information there about actually being able to use CLI within the web interface. I don't know if you want to expand on that, Brandon. Or... Yeah, the web UI, like I said, it, it, it's a new platform to Rockwell. Cisco's been using for for a little while, but it, it offers a lot more functionality that device manager didn't give us. Um, so we've got some updated menu structure and workflow. As anybody knows who's used device manager, it it could be a little slow at times that navigation speed for both, you know, just selecting something and, you know, downloading something has been drastically improved. So it's a lot faster to navigate and get through your menu and your menus and your screens. You're allowed to do some screen sorting and filtering options. Now you can do some file manager as far as, you know, if you're doing firmware updates, you can kind of save them there on the switch and you're able to actually see what you have saved on the switch through a a new file manager setup. There's some new troubleshooting tools that are available on it. And as you alluded to, Joe, you can now directly interface with the CLI, uh, the command line interface. If you're familiar with it, you can get to it directly from the web UI without actually having to go to the switch and plug in your, 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 your blue Cisco console cable which comes a benefit if, you know, you're managing your network, but you're not too good with the switch. And uh, as far as the switches, you have an IT person who's more familiar with the CLI than they are the web browser. They can get to it directly from the web browser. Uh, so they don't actually have to go on your plant floor. They can just stay in your control room to wherever your PC is and get to it that way. Like I said, it's directly interfaced into it. So it's, it's literally like clicking a button and it pops up a pop-up window within the web UI, and you can do all your command line interface scripting right there for you. It's it's very nice. It's very convenient. Like I said, the web the new web UI is will be new to Rockwell, but it's something that's been tried and tested and been used on traditional Cisco products for a number of years now. And then I have nothing but positive things about it from using it. Yeah, it's been you know I think one of the the biggest steps going forward and. Absolutely, you know, appreciate them doing all that and making it, bringing us across and letting us have this, you know, command line piece and improving the web UI. And we've got a lot of opportunity, I think, there. For the most part, you know, the the old device manager, it, it allowed you to kind of take and do, and do your initial configuration and allowed you to do quite a bit of stuff. But there was still some stuff underneath the hood. If you want to be really advanced, you kind of need to get into the command line to do it. And it it was a completely different tool to have to do those things. And one of the benefits of the Stratix line of switches is really we've got that partnership with Cisco. So any of our IT savvy guys that know how to do any of that can get in there and configure things and manage them. But also with that web interface, we were able to to look at it 
in a maybe a little more layman's terms and look at it and do some base configuration. So you could look at it from both sides, the OT side, the IT side. You didn't have to be a complete expert on both to be able to get into it. And I think this kind of brings that synergy even better, to, you know, even more together on the, the two different sides and allowing a, a more similar interface. And sounds like one less cable you have to carry in your bag as well. Yes. I mean, um, I, now me being an old Cisco guy, I'm always going to have a blue console cable with me, but uh, this does kind of eliminate the need for one of those. As long as the PC we're working on has a connection to the switch, we can get right into it uh, from the web UI, which is, which is nice, but you know, old habits die hard and I'm always going to have a blue cable in my bag. There is still a console port on the switch. Correct. Yes, there is still a console port on the switch for the old school guys, for the old school guys. But like I said, you, I can script everything I need to script right there from the web UI by clicking the direct interface. And actually, when you bring it up, it brings up a little visual indication. And it's kind of just two little pictures that show console cable between the PC and and the switch on a digital scale, just to, to show you this is what you're doing. This is a digital representation of it. But you can do all of your all your commands, your show run config, save run config, uh, your enable it, your con- con- config T commands, all of your commands that you would normally do when you're connected via blue console cable, you can do right there through the web UI. And there's another step you can do within the web UI where you can create a read-only user. So, you know, thinking yes. about the added capabilities we've added with the, web, the new web UI, you can actually create read-only users that can just go in and monitor and look at things and, and can't actually go in and change things or access the CLI and all of those pieces. So, you know, forward thinking on that for security, the reason that we've got all the, the uh, security certificate on this is because, you know, these little pieces like that being able to give you that read-only user and, and manage your system. All right. Well, it definitely sounds like the 5800 is going to be a great product and it has been officially released and ready and available for order. Is that is that correct? Yes, uh, it became official uh, for release, uh, I believe it was the second week of March, so we can order it now, and then as we go on later throughout the year, the more advanced firmwares will be available as well. We, we can start taking orders uh, now. Well, great. Well, I know I've learned quite a bit about the 5800 switch today, talking to you, Brandon and Joe. So um, once again, really appreciate you taking the time to join us and Joe as well for joining in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of TRC Talks. For support, please see our website, reynoldsonline.com. For those who are outside of our area, please visit rockwellautomation.com and you can find your authorized local distributor there. Check our show notes for links on how to contact our team and don't forget those two safety webinars coming up soon. TRC Talks is produced and hosted by Wayne Welk and myself, Brad Freeman of The Reynolds Company. Editing and mixing for this episode were by Wayne Welk with additional mixing by Brad Freeman. Today's guests were Brandon Singh and Joe Belaski. Thank you, and we will see you in the next episode.